This is episode number 211 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, it's Jesse. We're going to jump into today's show in just a minute, but first I would love to direct your attention to my free PDF download called the Glute Getter Guide. If you are pregnant, postpartum, or a parent, jump over to the link in today's show notes and start testing these six glute strengthening workouts. In the guide, I'm giving you three full-length workouts that take between 15 to 20 minutes, and I'm also giving you three mini workouts that are more on the five-minute side for you to test. You can do them all from home or the gym with just resistance bands and weights. In our coaching of pregnant and postpartum people, we focus a ton on glute work because we know it can be so impactful to how you feel and function in your body. Over 2,000 folks have gone through these workouts and really felt a big impact in their full body strength and comfort, decreased lower back and pelvic pain, and generally how they feel in their core and pelvic floor. You can use them at any stage in your pregnancy and after six to eight weeks postpartum. Go to the link in today's show notes to download your free copy get to work on them, and then please do report back. Let me know how you feel. Hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell and Anita Lambert. And today we are finishing off 2021 with a roundup of our top 10 episodes from this past year. So these are the top 10 in terms of the most downloaded out of the year. And when I looked at them, it's a great mix of like pregnancy, postpartum, pelvic health, exercise. So if you're new to the podcast, these could be a great 10 to start with. And if you've been with the podcast for a while, maybe you've heard some of these episodes. These are great ones to head back to. If you have specific you know, questions or depending where you are in life, you may want to review some of these episodes for some key tips. Let's jump in. We're going in order basically of the number of the podcast. This isn't necessarily the number of the top 10. What we'll do is we'll jump into first episode 156. And this was about squatting in pregnancy and postpartum because Jess and I get a ton of questions about this. I see this all the time in the clinic. There are so many myths floating around about how to squat, how not to squat. So this episode was key because we went through four myths and then we also included four of our favorite cues. So if you do have questions around squatting, this episode is definitely for you. Into episode 168, this is around 10 guidelines for post-pregnancy running. We've done a number of episodes, Jess, eh, about uh, returning to running postpartum. It's a super popular topic because again, there's just 
not much information out there for people. It's like, have a baby six weeks later, you can go back for a run, end of story. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a bit, you'll know there's so much more to it. And what I love seeing with clients is once they learn these key guidelines, they rehab, they get those strategies, they actually feel better running postpartum than they ever did uh, before being pregnant, which really surprises them. And they're like, why do people not talk about this? So that's why Jess and I love to do these episodes. Do you want to dive into a couple of the guidelines that we go over, Jess? Yeah, as I'm just reading through this list, it's just such a solid starting place for anyone who might be thinking about returning to running or starting running for the very first time postpartum. What I especially like about this episode is that in a few of these points, these guidelines that we're telling you, we're not saying that your core strength has to be excellent your diastasis has to be perfectly quote-unquote healed you can never be experiencing leaking or incontinence we're really saying hey maybe this stuff is happening in your body right now and you want to be running here's what we know could help you and support you along in these times. So for example, number nine on this list, if you're experiencing or have pelvic organ prolapse, your symptoms are feeling well-managed or supported during the running itself. So even if you think I still have some stuff happening with my pelvic health that isn't what, you know, a 10 out of 10, that's okay. We're going to walk you through it on this episode to get you back there. If it's something that you want to or love to do. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I just think people need to be more supported with getting back to running. So this is definitely one of the key episodes we've done past episodes about return to postpartum running as well, because now I still can't believe it. We're at over 200 episodes in total over the last few years. So definitely you could check out other ones, but if you want one of the most recent ones, then this episode is key. Next is episode 170, and this is about cesarean birth recovery. So the benefits of working with a physiotherapist and with a fitness coach. And I can't tell you how many DMs I get about people saying like, no one talks about cesarean recovery. Like there's no information. I was discharged from the hospital. End of story. There wasn't really much beyond that. And perhaps through a friend or even through social media, they heard about working with a physio or with a coach who has education around it. And so we'll continue to do these types of episodes because there just needs to be more information. So this is the most recent one we've done, but there have been others in the past. And so we go through different things, including around like Jess's own experience, like you had an unplanned cesarean and then you had a planned cesarean. So even from your own personal experience, what, what has been helpful. Um, and then I share from physio perspective, working, working with clients. So things you can expect or things that can be helpful during those first six weeks in terms of your recovery, but then also beyond those six weeks, including returning to exercise. Yeah. And I think both of those are so key to talk about the, what to expect within the first six weeks. And then after two, because like you're saying, I've had two cesarean births and both times leaving the hospital, the guidance you are given is don't drive for six weeks and only pick up 
the baby, nothing heavier for six weeks. And it's like, cool, then what? And also, what if you need to do more than that during that first six weeks, if your life really cannot support those guidelines or the advice that was given? So hopefully we can help you along in this episode with some ideas that maybe actually suit the real world a bit more. Exactly. Now, next is episode 182. And this was one I did with a guest, Sinead Dufour, who's also a public health physio and a researcher and an educator. And we did this episode specifically about myths and facts about pregnancy related pelvic girdle pain, because it's, again, another common topic Jess and I hear about. There's still a lot of outdated information circulating online. So we wanted to do a more up-to-date episode all around this. So even, you know, what is pelvic girdle pain? So around whether you may have heard the term pubic symphysis dysfunction, pubic symphysis pain, hip pain, SI pain, tailbone pain, all of these are under this umbrella of pelvic girdle pain and also this myth around that relaxin is the main thing to blame for this type of pain. So if you are pregnant or you're thinking of becoming pregnant, this is a great episode. But also if you're a professional working with clients in pregnancy and postpartum, this is really key for you to know this up-to-date information to be able to help your clients even more with evidence-based assessment and treatment but then also giving them hope that this pain can actually get better. They don't need to be putting up with this pain. So that is episode 182. And then next was episode 185. And this was one of the episodes with birth stories in it. So this one was with Michelle Brooks. She went through my uh, bumped birth method online program, and she shares about her two different pregnancy and birth experiences it's been a great one. I've heard so much feedback about it and really all our episodes with birth stories. People still ask for more. Jess and I are still going to put out more birth story episodes because you can really learn from other people's experiences, including, you know, how they prepared and also how they felt during their birth, different options, different strategies. And then these could help you in preparation for your own. So that was episode 185. And then next in our top 10 is episode 187. Why do I get pelvic floor symptoms with walking, but not intense exercise? This was a good one. This one was a short episode, but full of key strategies. Because again, we have our clients ask us this. Jess, what do you find since this episode? Do you find you've even kind of sent it to clients or people who've been asking about it? Yeah, it's really interesting with this one because I knew that clients had asked me about it in the past, but the real catalyst for this episode was because I was experiencing it myself. At one point, I went on this really gentle walk and got back. Actually, during the walk, I was noticing I felt really grippy and tight and these like urge incontinence sensations were ramping up for me. And so, yeah, that's what we talked about during the episode is why am I okay and feel great with sprinting and weight training, but sometimes this really gentle strolling will ramp some symptoms up for me. I got a lot of feedback after this one with people being like, hey, me too. And that's why 
we love doing this podcast so much is because we want you to feel seen and heard and know that the stuff you're feeling in your body is not weird or uncommon and that a lot of us are actually feeling the same way. And here's some ways that we can work with it. Yeah. And the next one, so it's interesting because walking, which some people think, okay, it's low impact. Why am I getting symptoms? So we go through strategies for that. Whereas one of the next top episodes was episode 188. And this was how to return to jumping post-pregnancy. And really you can use this again, anytime in life. It's not necessarily just an early postpartum period time. But again, this is one of the most common things that we see from our clients are like, I want to get back to jumping, whether it's jumping jacks, jumping jacks, skipping, box jumps, anything like that. And there can be some similarities in the strategies of returning to running as there is with returning to jumping. But we did want to do a specific episode because there are some differences between them. So this one, we dive into... Um, five different things that can be helpful for returning to jumping. If you are having symptoms, whether it's like pelvic floor symptoms or pain, these five different tips could actually be really helpful that you could go through as you're listening to the episode as well. Yeah. And just a note on this one for, again, our exercise and health professionals, definitely give this one a listen. Again, even if you feel like you're not working with postpartum people because you're not working with people who have had a baby or have had a pregnancy recently, if you're working, say, in a corporate gym, you're training people in fitness, you're likely working with moms and parents. So go listen to this episode because you'll be able to really coach them through jumping high impact in a way that actually feels good on their body. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's great. You brought that up. And also the fact of people, like if you're working with kids or teens, this is really key because a lot of people don't realize that there actually is a high percentage of people who, in terms of teens and young adults who are athletes that do especially have incontinence with jumping. So even if you may not think your clients are dealing with this, I'm sure many of them probably are and just not sharing it, but you can actually open the dialogue about it and you can even send them any of these episodes, right? Like if you have clients who, you know, just kind of need to hear what you're trying to say in another way, or just outside of your time working with them, send them a link to a podcast so then they can listen to it and then come back to another session and have heard it in another way. Next is episode 191, and this was all about the peanut ball for labor and birth. If you've been following along for a while, I'm a big peanut ball advocate uh, for labor and birth. It can just be such a game changer, Um, especially with all the research really has been done uh, if you're having a medicated birth. However, I've had a lot of clients with an unmedicated birth who felt like they needed to rest and they felt like the peanut ball was the best choice for them. It allowed them to still progress, but also feel like they had options in terms of positioning. So this one um, was with a guest, guest Deb Flascherberg from the Prenatal Yoga Center. And we went through all different options and just key things to get started. So as well, if you're a health or fitness professional working with pregnant clients, this one is key because your clients may have never heard of the peanut ball, but it could actually be quite helpful during their labor. So that was episode 191. 
And then 195, which goes back to postpartum, is around recovery tips for daily movements. And Jess and I had realized that we've done so many postpartum episodes really around exercise or in general recovery or that initial recovery period, but we haven't done specific ones about daily movements. So this one includes tips around getting in and out of bed, coughing, sneezing, lifting the car seat, baby wearing, um, chest feeding, breastfeeding, walking, relaxation postures as well that can help with symptoms. And also to note, all of these tips, we include whether you've had a vaginal or a cesarean birth. So this one is just really, really key. If you are pregnant, listen to this ahead of time. If you are postpartum, great time to listen to it. If you have a friend who is about to give birth or postpartum, send this to them. Because again, so many of those daily things were just told like, okay, so this isn't going to feel great. You're going to be in pain. You're going to be sore. However, these, we talk about small strategies that can make such a big difference with how you feel during, but also by the end of your day. And then lastly, in our top 10 for 2021 episodes is four ways to mentally prepare for birth. And this was episode 197. So this was a solo episode I did around four key ways in terms of mentally preparing for birth. So whether it's getting to know the environment, but also strategies to, to really stay in the zone during labor. A lot of times we think, okay, labor is purely just a physical event, but actually there's a lot of um, mental strategy and focus required during, during birth. So I go through that. Also, the idea of listening to different types of birth stories and why you may want to do that and different ways to get education and why you want to actually prepare ahead. So that was our top 10. I feel like that was a really good roundup because it just covered all the different things that really make up why we created To Birth and Beyond um, in terms of pregnancy, birth, postpartum, motherhood, parenthood, exercise, pelvic health, all of the things are covered within these 10 episodes. Yeah, what a list. Just looking through these again, it's so solid. We did some good work here. Yeah. And then secondly, talking about the peanut ball, I'm still mad that I didn't know that existed <laughs> in 2015 when I was in labor for 37 hours. Well, I'm wondering, do you even know, does, does that hospital now have peanut balls or do you know if they even had them then? I don't know. It wasn't a thing that I heard anything about. And I was working with midwives, doulas, Mm -hmm. and then labored at the hospital too. But my goodness, I just remember propping my legs up, side lying, top knee on so many pillows and just being so (laughs) uncomfortable and like trying to maneuver that whole bed situation. It would have been so helpful. Yeah. And that's what I tell clients too. I mean, I am so grateful that where I am, the hospital here does have peanut balls. Um, The midwife clinic that does have one birthing suite, they have a peanut ball. So there are definitely options here. And I just, my hope is that eventually it's going to be as common as a birth ball. Cause I would say most hospitals will have a regular exercise slash birth ball in most rooms and the peanut ball should be with it. It can just make such a big difference. Yeah. That you're not stuffing like five pillows between the legs to like 
open, open things up and you can get to so many different positions. So yeah, I'd be curious to, to know if that hospital has it. Cause yeah, 2015, I would say it definitely wasn't as common as it is now. Um, but hopefully by now they do, they do have those. We also want to say like a big thank you to everyone who's listening. Like I said, whether you are a new listener, welcome to the podcast. If you've been around since we started, thank you. And we love hearing from you. So always remember you can send us a DM. So to birth and beyond podcast, and just let us know in terms of your favorite episodes, take a screenshot when you're listening, tag us or send it to us. Um, we love to hear what episodes you're enjoying, but also where you enjoy them. I always find that so interesting. I listen to podcasts all the time, including in labor. I've shared that before. So pretty much anywhere I'll listen to a podcast. Where do you end up listening, Jess? I feel like when you go out for walks, you tend to. Yes. When I'm walking, when I'm strength training, if I'm in the car by myself, there's always podcasts on or yeah, often when I'm working, if I'm programming for clients, programming exercise and strength training. Yeah. I love podcasts. Thank you all friends so much for being with us. We're getting close to our four year anniversary of doing the show. And we are just so grateful that you allow us in to your world. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 